know, because because Obama is like he's like the mixed deity, you know, like he has achieved ultimate biracialness because uh, he's got that perfect mix of like he's got a little bit of swagger, but he keeps it like prim and proper as well. You know, like like I was watching the uh, uh, the State of the Union and he said some cold ass shit in the, in the State of the Union. He was there and, you know, the Republicans always giving him shit about not being tough enough on, on terror and stuff. And so he said, uh, and if you don't think that uh, we're serious about uh, national security, uh, why don't you ask Osama bin Laden? <laughs> oh, damn! He basically went in front of the entire Republican and Democratic caucus and said, uh, and if you don't think that uh, I lay the pipe, uh, why don't you ask your girl? <laughs> yeah, she might have. All right, that's all for me. We're going to go to the podcast here. Thanks a lot, guys. I'll see you later. All right, that was Greg Kieran, everybody. Thanks a lot, Greg. And that brings us right into the Ottawa oh, podcast. Awesome. This is the first time we're doing a live, we're live recording. Yeah. So that's exciting. So for those who are not familiar, the Ottawa podcast is a podcast that's going on nearly 100 episodes now. Yeah, almost there. Almost there. And we uh, we just interview different people from around Ottawa. We get to know different people. We get to know different businesses. We get to know what's going on in the city. And our first guest is Alex from the Ministry of Coffee. How's it going? How, how are you doing, first of all? Good. Good, good. good. Thank you for joining us. I'm Amon Bashir. Uh, with me is Rob Trell and Keegan Ahn, uh, the hosts of the show. Yep. So uh, normally what we do is we start off, we taste a different beer from around Canada, I guess. Uh, we have Bo's Lug Tread. This we is do, Lug yeah. Tread, right? Yeah. We have some Lug, Lug Tread. This is one we've had before. This yeah, is the standard one. That's it. So because this is going to be a bit of a different format, where it's sort of like a late night format, I guess. Yeah. We, uh, we have stand-up comedy. We have... An interview. We're going to have a bit more of that. We're going to hear from Greg later. And you know, like then, a seven thirty late night show. <laughs> Those classic ones. Yeah. You know the late night shows they, record like yeah, four o'clock. You know they record early. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll close out with Sons of Pluto, friends of the show, which yeah, is yeah. going to be awesome. Uh, yep, cheer for them. Uh, <laughs> but uh, to start off, uh, Alex. Do you want to tell us a bit about yourself, sort of how you got to where you are? That's sort of how we like to start with our guests, and we'll get into some of the Ministry of Coffee stuff. Yeah, so I I grew up in Ottawa a little bit. I grew up, you know, sort of South Ottawa, but I I moved around the world a lot. My dad was external affairs. Okay. So I lived kind of everywhere. Um, And then one of the last places we lived was Italy. Fell in love with the coffee culture. uh, Fell in love with coffee. Moved back to Canada, did university, and then realized Ottawa needed that kind of that bit of that culture that you can find kind of everywhere else around the world that we didn't have here just yet. What, what was missing? Um, quality coffee, focused coffee, um, you know, like getting coffees from different areas and then really brewing them properly. Okay. So coming back, you know, you look around and obviously there are a series of coffee shops that already existed here. So, you know, in terms of what went through your mind, like, I mean, you know, in terms of starting something that that while it might be well established by bigger companies, I guess what you wanted to do was do something right. Something right, but also like a, an atmosphere uh, that wasn't here. Something you know, community based, um, okay. not not that kind of chain brand thing that was that you see um, in a lot of places. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So that was our focus that we wanted to bring sort of to Ottawa. Okay. So uh, so how did you start off? Well, I, I moved here after living 10 years in Toronto. 
So when I was in Toronto, there was a, a, sort of in 2008 a huge explosion in coffee shops. Right. Um, so I was friends with a lot of people who owned coffee shops down there and got to kind of see the, the community aspect. And when, you know, like regulars would come in and they, they, they know the barista and the barista does know them. And there's almost like this friendship that creates sure. between the two. And then we kind of wanted to do that. So I came here, um, didn't really know Ottawa that well after being 10 years away. It changed, you know, quite a bit. And um, meeting some new coffee people and stuff, I met my business partner, Fatty. Okay. Uh, we sat down and, uh, one day just chatting about coffee and realized we both kind of had the same vision. Um, and then, you know, we talked more and talked more and then we decided that, you know, we we're going to open, open something. So we opened up our first location in, um, like almost three years ago now on Elgin street. Okay. So that's a small, you know, 800 square foot, yep. uh, very intimate, small space. Okay. So from the time that you opened that shop, have you noticed that it, you know, have you changed it? Has it evolved since you started? Yeah, we're always evolving. We're always changing. We're always kind of looking to better ourselves. So we keep adding new products, new features, refining what we're doing. You know, we're always learning the coffee industry and the coffee knowledge itself is once you get into coffee, you realize how big of a world it really is and how much learning and how much education and how much it's come. And it, coffee is considered one of the most difficult be- beverages to make okay. um, out of everything you can pretty much do. So it's, it's very hard to consistently do the same thing as good each time yep. and that's what we're trying to do we're trying to get consistency um to the point where you come in every time it's always sort of as amazing as it was that last time you had it that makes sense can i um what do you what would you say is different about ministry of coffee compared to just other like starbucks for instance yeah well it's for one thing we don't do any dark roast coffees okay. um what our philosophy on dark roast is you get these coffees coffees like wine where every country every region and every season that coffee is going to taste different okay there's different notes there's different flavor profiles that you can get in different countries just like you can with wine and when you roast a coffee really dark you lose that kind of terrier based flavor notes and you just kind of get this roasty caramel cough, chocolate but that's kind of like a consistent you can get pretty much that same flavor profile with any coffee if you roast it dark enough so what we want to do is bring coffees that are you know well roasted mild you know not too dark but not too light that have all these different flavors and our our philosophy is we don't pick one roaster we rotate every week uh, through a you know like 12 different roasters throughout canada and the u.s so we're bringing in we're showcasing these roasters coffees that people you know if they wanted to try it from that roaster if they were to bring it in themselves through shipping it would cost them too much so they can come in they can buy a bag of that roaster's beans every week and try something new cool where where do you find the roasters well so the roasters it's friendships and relationships we've built over the years um it's through word of mouth from other people that we hear you know a lot of roasters will send us samples and like try our coffee we'd love to be in your rotation and so we kind of cup the coffees try the coffees and kind of go from there cool you guys want to throw some questions from the internet? Absolutely. Absolutely. The internet we, has never done wrong. Yeah, we, questions. we solicited some questions from online, but uh, some are great questions and other ones are, are so-so. But that's kind of the deal you make when you ask, uh, ask the internet <laughs> questions. So we have a question for you, Alex. Uh, and make sure to get right into that mic there. Yep. Uh, can you provide a brief history of coffee? Asks Shay. <laughs> that's just that's, no. we just make sure he's make sure he's not anonymous Shay uh, do you want to oh, put your hand up yeah uh, <laughs> um, that's yeah it's it's been around for 2,000 years it originally started in Ethiopia Oh. So that's where kind of the, when you're talking about varietals, when you have grape varietals and wine, there's millions of coffee varietals. 
But when you see coffees that have been grown in other countries, it's one varietal kind of was cultivated and exported everywhere. So there's one major varietal everywhere, and in Ethiopia there's thousands of different varietals. So it's kind of, it was, I think, um, it was Europe that kind of took coffee from a lot of these countries and brought it back and moved it throughout their colonies, and it started that way. Very good. Appreciated. Can I ask a a follow-up? Yeah, sure. So global warming, is that, or climate change, (laughs) is that that better for coffee because you can grow it in more places, or is that? No, it's it's actually hurting the coffee industry. Coffee grows at very high mountain altitudes on mountain slopes. So as that climate changes, it pushes that. Bare, like it, it, the, the lower grown coffee mm-hmm. is now having problems growing because oh, okay. it's warmer. So it needs cooler nights and warm oh. days. It needs a certain amount of rain. So there's some years where they have too much rain or too little rain, and that'll affect crop yields and things like that. So it is hurting a lot of the. the and it's there's a lot of diseases. Um, rust is one of the most common rust problems, and because of global warming and climate change, it's it's becoming a bigger problem. In, in, in sort of South America right now. Wow. So uh, anyone who drinks coffee, if you want to continue, you should probably stop driving. Drive a Prius. Uh, yeah. 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 Drive, yeah. drive yeah. a hybrid or an electric car. Yeah. That's what's going to get people moving. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, I think chocolate's similar, right? Yeah. It's yeah. the same, yeah. same kind of thing. Yeah. Nick, Nick Maddox asks, why do all Ottawans crowd into the middle lane of the 417 during rush hour? <laughs> like the other two will be completely empty and everyone's going about 60. I don't get it. Not enough coffee. Not enough. <laughs> good, good answer. Yeah. You are you a driver or do you live downtown and um, not drive? A bit of both. Yeah. yeah, I don't live downtown, but I do. I drive in once in a while. Okay, yeah. Cool, so, cool. Yeah, yeah. And how do you find driving in Ottawa compared it's, to other other cities? Well, I live in Toronto, and that's yeah. the worst okay. place in the world <laughs> yeah. for traffic. It's yeah, it's getting get bad. A, a clean sound clip of you saying that Toronto's the worst place in the world. Is that for for traffic? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed they didn't say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe one more. Uh, can you provide a brief history of ministries? Asks Eric Termel. <laughs> brief ministry of the minis- history, history of the ministry? ministries. Ministries, period? Yeah, ministries. That's uh, a question mark. All the ministries. I'm really sorry yeah. about these questions. <laughs> Well, maybe what was what was the idea behind the name uh, Ministry of Coffee? Go- government Town. Oh, yeah. So we thought oh, it'd be kind of appropriate. Yeah. I did not make that connection. No, me either. Okay. Yeah, some people do, some people don't. But that was yeah. kind of like the Ministry of Coffee. Okay. Yeah. And then the other shop is the Ministry of Coffee and Social Affairs. And we took the Social Affairs because at night it's it's a pub. It's more of a bar lounge. Uh, we do cocktails, beer, wine, and we want to kind of like create that. You come in with friends from the neighborhood, sit down, socialize, have a good drink, have some food. Yeah. Unwind. Yeah. That's interesting because that, yeah, that that's a it's a very different game. Yeah, it is. It's becoming more and more popular, especially in the states, to kind of bridge um, late night and kind of coffee, alcohol, cocktails with coffee, things like that. Okay, um, it's becoming more and more popular. So I think you'll probably see more and more shops kind of going in that in that route. Makes sense. Um, just because it's kind of like a, it, it's an easy shift from one to the other. They're kind of very similar. Sure. At the same time, yeah. So, so you know, in ter- could, could you walk us through the process of actually opening up that store? Because obviously, it, it, I don't think there's anything like it in Ottawa, right? Um. Or, or there wasn't at the time. No, we were. Kind of, I think we were kind of the first in right. that respect uh, because we've seen like we we always wanted kind of to do something like that. Yeah. Um, what that location we took over was a restaurant and there was a liquor license, so that aspect of was already easier to transfer right. the license and it was already kind of set up from a restaurant, so that it was a little easier to kind of transition with a full kitchen for the late night food and things like that. Sure. Um, and then we wanted to have local beers and things on tap that we, you know, we, we enjoyed already and we wanted to kind of bring that in as well. Makes sense. 
So do you have any any experience in, in sort of the restaurant business at all, or did you have to bring in somebody? Um, no, my business partner does a bit more on the restaurant side. Okay. Um, I'm more in trying the coffee side from knowing people and working in, in cafes in Toronto. Um, and it was just a huge learning curve. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. And, and, and how do you find it? I, Keegan and I went there shortly after it opened, and, yeah. and it was, if I can use the word bumping, yeah, it's, <laughs> sure. you can't. <laughs> I, can't. Yeah. I can't. I'm on his no won't, longer allowed. Won't use, it, won't use it again. <laughs> but but yeah, how how was it received? It's, it's yeah, it's uh, well that area especially right now. There's a few other bars and brew houses and things like that. Like it's becoming almost like a destination for for drinks and to go out. And you can kind of go from one place to the other and try different mm-hmm. things. And sure. So it's kind of become like a destination, I guess, for for kind of a late night thing, which is really cool for for that area. It's changing so fast. Makes sense. Um, and it's been, yeah, really well received. Like a lot of regulars who come in for coffee, you might come in for a drink, you know, one day a night or something. And cool. it's like that. We, we kind of have it where during the day it kind of feels a bit more coffee, but at night the lights go down, the music goes up. It's got a nice kind of lounge, relaxed atmosphere. Right. Yeah. One, one of the things I remember is that it wasn't your average late night menu. It wasn't just, you know, pub chips. Yeah. You know? Well, that's what we want to do. And we've actually this week just relaunched the menu and kind of took it up a notch where we, we have small plates, um, you know, we have a well-known chef that's kind of come in and done the menu for us uh, and helped us out that way in the planning. Cool. Um, just to offer something different, we didn't want to have everything deep-fried and kind of that standard stuff. It's all fresh. Mm-hmm. It's all made in-house. Yeah. Uh, just like our baked goods. Everything's made in-house. We have a pastry chef that comes in every day, bakes off everything for us. Great. Um, just so we have control. Because like what we, we do with the coffee in terms of we want to make sure we have the best possible coffee we can give, yep. we want to have that with food as well, kind of have the best... Um, like, you know, our syrups, for example, for our vanilla lattes and stuff, all that's made in-house oh. so that we know what's in them. Like, we don't yeah. want to have artificial flavors, colors, preservatives, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. And can you, can you, uh, you know, list off a couple of the things that, that you could find in terms of the, the, the small plates, sir? Um, actually, not right now because the menu just launched, like, yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, what about historically? Um, it's anything from, like, we've had these really good... Um, Small tacos. Um, we had a really good mac and cheese balls, um, pork. Right now, we have a really good olive plate and some things like that. So it's just little small snacky kind of things that you can just share with the table and things like that. Cool. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Do you guys want to play a game? Yes. Uh-oh. I have a game. <laughs> I'm always nervous. Keegan's games yeah. are the best. If you've All never right. listened, so, Keegan's so, games are amazing. So we, I don't think we actually said on the recording, but we are recording from Frank and Oak. Yeah. They've very graciously hosted us and like thrown a little party. Yeah. Having a great time out here. And uh, beer by Bose and bagels by Kettleman. Good old bagels. Bagels. I heard it too. And uh, so I thought we would play a game called Frank or Oak. <laughs> yeah. So how our games work is we have Team Ottawa, which has been uh, abysmally represented yeah. by Rob and Amon. They we lose never won. They lose every week. What's the opposite of undefeated? Yeah, undefeated. Uh, <laughs> we're defeated. <laughs> and Alex, you'll be playing for the uh, team guest, which is very traditionally strong. Yeah, a lot of pressure. <laughs> so right. I have uh, a bunch of questions here. All the answers are themed either Frank. Or oak, like that's kind of what where I drew inspiration for the answers. <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, Alex, as team guest, you get to choose to go first or second, and maybe you, you even get to choose oak or Frank. Which Ooh. questions do you want? Wait, what? There's two categories. There's two categories: oak oh. and Frank. Oh, okay. I'll do oak. Oak. Okay. Okay. Alex, <laughs> do you want to go first or second? Doesn't matter. 
Okay. <laughs> Alex, you're going first? All right. What classic monster is comprised of corpses and is afraid of fire? Oh, Actually, you're going to be Frank for the sake of this show. Right. Damn Frank. No. That could be anything. A classic monster made of corpses, afraid of fire, under the category Frank. I actually have no idea. And he's, and he's green, and he has bolts in his... Frankenstein? Neck. Frankenstein's oh, the correct answer. Team Guest is up one nothing. Awesome. Here we go. I see why you guys okay. lose. Yeah. Team Oak. I mean, Team Ottawa with the Oak questions. An oak is part of what genus of the beach family? <laughs> I love these questions so much. I, I, I can't even guess. You try. Just, right. no, what first word that goes through your head? Homo sapiens. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. It's, of All course, right. the Quercus, Quercus family. Sure. Uh, you know, Alex. Okay. Yeah. 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 Sure. All right, yeah. one nothing. Uh, team guest, what cartoon turtle can count by twos and tie his shoes? He's also green, and the children have spoke about him. A green turtle? Pardon? A green turtle? Yeah, green uh-huh. turtle. Children's book shares a name with an uh, American president. Is Franklin the president? Franklin <laughs> <Like> Roosevelt? <laughs> I'm sorry, what was that? I have no idea. No idea. I the answer mean. was Franklin. Good try, Alex. Still one nothing. Franklin, yeah. Franklin. Don't worry. All right. Franklin was the answer for that one. I'm just letting, Ottawa- I just want these guys to win for once. Yeah. Oh, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Team Ottawa, your chance to tie it up. In Greek mythology, what god held the oak tree as sacred? In what mythology? Greek, you said? Greek. At least there's a chance at this. Yeah, there's a chance. It's a one in 12. Uh, <laughs> what do you think? I actually, I'm... Aphrodite. I keep thinking about Norse mythology. Let's go with Aphrodite. Aphrodite. I'm sorry, the answer is Zeus, of course. Ah. His favorite kind of tree was an oak. Of course. <laughs> All right. One. one nothing still. Uh, Alex, what little girl hid from the Nazis in her attic and oh kept a gosh. diary? Frank M. And Frank. <laughs> and Frank is the answer. Correct, Alex. That's two points. Uh, Team Ottawa, you still have zero. Uh, okay, I'll just throw you a bone here. Oh. For a point. Uh, you know what? For two points, guys. What is the largest certified southern oak tree? <laughs> that's throwing us a bone. There's, that's, there's one tree that is the largest that has a name? Yeah, it's the largest. One. Big oak. Yep. Grand Oak. Oh, someone says Grand Oak. Yeah. I'm sorry. The Seven Sisters Oak in Mandolinville, Louisiana, is estimated to be 1,500 years old with a trunk that measures 38 feet. Wow. 11.6 meters. I'm very sorry, Team Ottawa, (laughs) for the hundredth time in a row you have lost. Congratulations to Team Guest featuring Alex. Very good. Give him a hand. Well done. For the record, you know you're under the Ottawa brand. Yeah. You are so, also no, I'm impartial. I oh, just, is that what it is? Okay, I wonderful. <laughs> Alex, Super could, impartial. Could, I just want to move on from that right yeah. away. Yeah. Uh, Alex, could you speak a bit about fair trade versus direct trade coffee? Uh, yeah, it's kind of a big, almost controversial. Fair trade is um, ideally, for in, in the coffee industry anyway, it's meant to get the farmers more money. Um, okay. In a fair traded system. But that it's a flawed system because it's still trying... Um, still directed to the sort of market value. So if the coffee market tanks, that fair trade amount that they get kind of goes down and that farmer won't get as much. There's also a lot of middlemen 
Okay. So if you're buying a fair trade coffee, you're paying more money, a little bit per pound, for example. Yep. But there's all these, you know, import export guys and all these guys that kind of get their little hand in their pocket and kind of take their own. So that farmer really doesn't get that much more okay. uh, than they would. So a lot of the coffee systems and then a lot of the roasters that we deal with have green buyers. So they have staff members that will travel to these countries, um, travel around, meet farmers, meet you know cooperatives, and, and try their coffees. And if they like them, we'll buy it directly. Oh. So they buy it from them. It gets, you know, there's one person that might manage the export and that's it. And so that coffee goes directly from farm to the roaster with as few middlemen as possible. So that farmer now will only, will get a bigger chunk of that money, but they're also going to know that next year, if I keep the same quality, that roaster will buy my entire lot year after year. So they wow. kind of, it's almost like a guarantee that they're going to sell their coffee in entirety and for a very good price. Interesting. So a lot of our roasters will actually pay more money, even more than market value, if a coffee is exceptional or if it's really good, if they really like it. Okay. Yeah. Do, do you get to travel to go like try coffees or find... Uh, we don't. Spot? Yeah. The, our roasters do. Oh, so we know, like, for example, um, 49th Parallel is mm-hmm. one of our, our partnered roasters out of Vancouver, and we're close friends with one of their greens buyer. She used to live in Ottawa. So it comes and she'll come and do kind of lectures and, and kind of talks in the shop. We've had her once or twice that'll oh, cool. show, you know, the projects. Like last time she was talking about how they were in Peru and there's a farm that they're partnered with and they, she goes down for two, three months and helps them um, increase their yield by having a new drying system or, you know, like they come and they invest money in that farm and show them new techniques and things to, to better their, their product. So that it's kind of like a, a win-win. The farmer makes a better product and then that roaster will then get a better product and pay a better price for it. Interesting. Do you find that it that it uh, it makes it more difficult to be competitive? Yeah, a little bit. We uh, probably from any other shop in the city uh, pay the most for our coffee every week. Okay. Um, our price per pound is quite high, but it's because we want the best. Interesting. We want you know something that we're proud to serve. Yeah. So we we do pay more, but. It's sort of kind of a small price to pay to get mm-hmm. something that we're really happy with. Makes sense. Yeah. So if someone was going to start a coffee shop, let's say for the sake of this example, they're not competition, so they're not in Ottawa. They're in another city like Ottawa. Competition's um, a funny thing. Yeah? It's, there's not really, like, we don't, you know, like, you know, when I was in Toronto, a lot of the shops, if, if someone was short-staffed, another shop would lend us uh, someone. Oh, really? uh, we have, you know, Cafe de Lise here. Um, we're really good friends with them. Mm. And if they're short on beans one week, we will lend them beans to help them through that week and vice versa. We're not competition because it's a very okay. neighborhood-based system. You can open up, you know, two blocks down and it's, it's your different style. You're attracting different clientele. But mm. it's also, it, it's very, you know, like it's, it's around the corner. So I'm going to go there, for example. It's right. not really competition. So what we like is in the coffee industry, in the cafe industry, is the shops aren't competitive. They're not enemies. They're friends. And they, you know, like... Artisan Bakery a few weeks ago had a latte art competition where everyone got together. There was a lot of, you know, everyone did latte art and someone won and it was a fun event. And it wasn't, you know, just to show that who's the best. It was just to kind of to bring the community and the coffee world together. So sure. it's, there's not much of that competition kind of aspect, which okay. is nice. Okay. Are there any, like, so if I were to open the coffee shop, say, three blocks away from you, mm-hmm. Uh, what, what? It'd be friends. No, no, we'd, we'd kill you. I'm not, I'm not doing that. No, no, no. So what I want to know is, what are some of the biggest challenges that come with opening a small coffee shop? Um, well, a lot. Uh, yeah. The equipment's really expensive. So okay. an espresso machine, 
for a good one is twenty five thousand dollars. Wow! Each grinder is anywhere from two and a half to four thousand dollars, and you need two, three of those. So the the initial setup cost is quite high, considering you're selling a two to three dollar product. Right. So there's 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 so that aspect is hard. Um, so Rob's already out. So yeah, he's already out. I don't I don't drink coffee. Yeah, so sell a kidney. Not be good to sell it. Yeah. And then rents are are high. Uh, Ottawa's a bit weird in that way that there's the population density isn't there like in Toronto, but the mm. rents are about the same. So you really got to pick the right neighborhood um, where there's that kind of enough people to support that that shop. You got to have two, three, four hundred people a day coming in, right, to, to sure. sustain that that kind of um, profits that you need to to stay open. Yeah, makes sense. So there's yeah, and then there's so there's there's you know a couple things like that. There's just these big expenses that you have to watch out for. Okay, mm-hmm. cool, cool. I have a bon- bonus segment we could do if you want. I'm oh, really nervous. What it is? Yeah, we could do another. Please it's not questions. really a game. Go, give her. Go, go ahead. All right. So uh, we're at Ottawa. We're very concerned with quality assurance, and we're always trying to get better at we what are we always do. Saying that. Yeah, you know, striving to be better. And so I took the liberty to. I googled some interview questions, and I thought, would you mind if I practice on you, Alex? Sure. Your interview questions. Okay, cool. you can. Are you asking? Yeah, I'm going to ask some interview <laughs> questions. Ask. We're going to practice our interviewing skills because this is a real thing. Uh, <laughs> because it's real, uh, Alex. What is your long-range objective or goal? Uh, our long-range goal is, is to open a few more shops. Mm-hmm. Um, potentially get into roasting. We're not 100 sure. Oh, okay. um, oh, but cool. we like the model we have. Where we're rotating coffees. Um, our customers like that model, where they can every week. It's you know what's new. What can I try? Yep. So we kind of want to maybe stick with that. But uh, yeah, a couple more shops. We don't want to grow too big where you lose control over quality. Um, but we right. don't, you know, we want to have three, four, maybe five. Oh, wow. That's yeah. amazing. Cool. That'd be pretty sweet. All right. Uh, how about this one? What is your greatest weakness? Doing interviews. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hey, you're doing great here with us. Maybe let's do one more of these. Um, Alex, why do you want to work here? <laughs> <laughs> I love Frank and Oak. I love their clothing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Good so. Answer. Good, good interview. <laughs> that that, that wasn't that bad. That wasn't that bad. bad. Alex, um, what, what do you find yourself doing in Ottawa when you're not uh, at Ministry of Coffee? Like, where do you go to hang? Ministry of Coffee. Yeah. yeah. And social <laughs> affairs. Yeah. It's either, it's pretty much when you own a business, it's, that ends up being a lot of your life. Right. Um, it's long hours sometimes, especially at the beginning. Mm-hmm. When we first opened, it was just myself and my business partner seven days a week. Yeah. Until uh, so we had that enough traffic and enough, you know, kind of t- to justify hiring employees and things. Mm-hmm. But, do you so. find it difficult establishing like a, a work home life line, or do, like I know it's like some people it's very important to having it's getting like, deep here. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, questions too, you know. But some people do have that, and we talked to someone recently who was saying he doesn't have that and he likes it. Like he just uh, huh. it he blends like, together is what he was saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah like where where do you fall on that spectrum? Yeah, kind of a bit of both. Yeah, it's it is kind of tough, especially with family. Um, mm. You know, there's a lot of times when it's like long weekends and stuff where right. you'd rather go spend time with family but it's usually for us especially the downtown shop that's when we're the busiest so we yeah. need to have as much staff on, on site um, mm-hmm. when people are sick and stuff you kind of have to make up the hours and stuff but it's it gets tricky but you kind of yeah you, once you get you know the first few months are tricky and then once you kind of get into that rhythm you kind of learn how to maximize your time that way cool um, very nice would you say you have a, a relatively large staff, or, or, is, or, you, or is it really like a, a tight-knit crew? Or Yeah, well, it's very yeah. tight-knit, very family. Like They, they all hang out together. The okay. staff, they throw you know, parties, and they all get together and stuff. So it becomes like a, we're almost like a family okay. um, That's cool. in a way, so it's really good. Um, 
Yeah, I think right now we're almost at 30 staff between the two shops. Oh, wow. So that's between, and that's two cafes and then the whole kind of evening side of it as well. Right. Very cool. Yeah. Cool. So uh, I guess going back to a little bit of what Keith was saying, you might not have a ton of time right now, but you, you lived here, let's say, 10 years back, and then you moved back. Uh, mm-hmm. Can you can you pick out a couple neat spots around Ottawa, like places that, you know, little-known spots for somebody new here, for example? Yeah, well, I mean, Elgin Street is where we kind of I am most of the time and yep. there's some really really good restaurants town's really good if you like Italian food yeah. El Camino their tacos are phenomenal cool. uh, and then on Elgin Street it's changing so much we have Whale's Bone coming soon and, oh. pure, and Pure Kitchen so there's that shift to sort of quality ingredient fresh right um, so if you're in the downtown core that kind of strip is becoming really kind of fun okay. and interesting okay mm-hmm. very cool so uh, I think we're running up on time, yes? Yeah, we are. So yeah. why don't we give Alex a chance to plug whatever you want to plug. So I guess where the, your where your shops are, first of all, and anything else you want to plug? You know, Yeah, so our Elgin shops um, on Elgin at Somerset. And then the social affairs ones, um, just uh, it's on Wellington right after where the Somerset bend is. Okay. okay. Um, yeah, and uh, stuff we're doing for the summer, we're really excited. We, um, we're the first shops in Ottawa to do a nitrogen cold brew. So it's a cold infused coffee that's brewed cold. Okay. Um, And then we filter it and we keg it and we infuse it with nitrogen. So it comes out of a beer tap almost. It looks like Guinness. It has that Guinness cascade. Whoa. And so it's this kind of like low acidity, smooth, chocolatey, um, caffeine fueled, delicious drink. Interesting. (laughs) And for the robbers of the world, how does that differ from normal cold brew? Uh, the nitrogen, well, aesthetically, it's really nice with that Guinness yeah, effect. Yeah. But because of the nitrogen, it's almost like a Guinness where you get that creaminess okay. texture to it. So it's almost like there's almost like you've added dairy but really haven't. Sure. Um, and because it's cold brewed and low acidity, it's almost kind of this natural sweetness to it. So it's okay. Yeah, it's really unique. Cool. Well, uh, yeah, we want to thank you for for coming here. Uh, yeah, thank you, so much. giving us your time as well. And uh, we're going to take a quick break before we get back to stand up. More stand up. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks.